I mostly ignored the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump because I, like many others, knew it was going to be a waste of time and Donald Trump would be acquitted. And it was stupid that they were trying to impeach a guy who wasn't president anyway. Many of us just assumed the only real loser in the impeachment trial would end up being the Democrats. And that's mostly true, but not completely true. Because it turns out the biggest losers coming out of the impeachment trial are the Republicans who bet against Donald Trump and voted to impeach him. The reason these people are so insane is you can see what the Democrats do with their non-Democrat tribal allies when all is said and done. Right now, we're hearing that while Cuomo is getting thrown to the wolves, Democrats demanding an investigation into his handling of COVID, and the Lincoln Project is basically on fire. Democrats don't need them anymore. So they're kicking them all out. Those Republicans who bet against Trump may as well start their own third party because they are about to be torn to shreds. Some of them already are. There's an op-ed from the National Post. It reads, it's Donald Trump's party and the Republicans who voted to convict him are about to pay. And I think the worst story in all of this, obviously the one you clicked on, GOP rep Adam Kinzinger's family disowns him for opposing Trump. 11 relatives sign a handwritten letter calling him a disappointment to God. And for some reason, Lou Dobbs and a member of the devil's army. But we're also seeing a handful of GOP senators get censured by their own party in their home states. A poll came out from Morning Consult and Politico. And guess what it says? Who is the top pick for the 2024 primary on the Republican ticket? Donald Trump. And it ain't even close there. No one. I don't even think there's anyone else. Actually, I'm sorry. Mike Pence reaches the double digits with 12 percent of those being polled. Trump, 53 percent. The dude's going to be in his 80s. People still want Donald Trump. Interestingly, we have another we have another poll from Gallup showing that interest in a third party is higher than it's been in a very, very long time, maybe even ever. But the bigger picture here uh, that I can see is that the Democrats came together with a bunch of people they normally don't like or don't agree with. They rallied everyone around the idea of Trump being bad. And they even convinced Republicans, be it never Trumpers and even some sitting senators and congressmen and women to vote to impeach Trump. Well, guess what? The Republican Party is the party of Trump. And like that National Post story, these people are about to face some consequences for defying Trump. Now, I'll be real. Don't disown your family, man. I mean, that's just not cool. We can disagree and we can be disappointed, but family comes first, doesn't it? Well, let's read this story. Before we do, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to exclusive podcast segments and episodes. We set this site up because, well, the purge is here. Many people are being banned. And in the event that my uh, YouTube channels get deleted or banned and the podcast gets shut down, we have TimCast.com set up for anybody who wants to continue watching and hearing what we have to say. We also have these exclusive posts. We recently talked about Parler being back. It was recently deleted. We got some stories about UFOs. So go to TimCast.com and become a member. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Let's read the first story from the Daily Mail. They say, Illinois Republican Representative Adam Kinzinger has released a scathing handwritten letter he received from a number of his relatives, calling him a disappointment to God and a stain on their family's name for backing the impeachment of Donald Trump. Kinzinger told the New York Times he received the disparaging note just two days 
after he called for Trump to be removed from office following the Capitol riots on January 6th, penned by 11 members of, ex- of his extended family. Kinzinger was accused in the letter of being in cahoots with the devil's army, Democrats and the fake news media, for publicly opposing the then president and requesting the 25th Amendment be invoked against him. Quote, oh my, what a disappointment you are to me and to God. The letter that January 8th begins. We were once so proud of your accomplishments. Instead, you go against your Christian principles and join the devil's army. How dare you call yourself a Christian when you join the devil's army, believing in abortion? The note continues. We thought you were smart enough to see how the left is brainwashing so many. Kinzinger's family then go on to accuse him and many other GOP members of being brainwashed by Democrats and falling for their socialism ideals. Now, I've read this letter and my first thought was, are they really disowning him? And at first, I didn't think it was fair to say, because disowning is basically like we're cutting off contact. We don't want to talk to you. And then I saw at the bottom of the letter, they said that they're calling for his complete removal from office. And that, to me, was essentially (laughs) disowning the man, going beyond just accusing him of being a bad person, attacking him as a member of their family, and then saying he should be totally out when they were once proud of his accomplishments. I think it does meet the grounds to say disowning. But I'll be honest, it's an opinion. It's how the Daily Mail frames it. Many other outlets have just said that he's received a scathing rebuke from his family. But it's intense. They said, while conceding that Trump is not perfect, they tell the congressman, neither are you or any of us for that matter. It's not for us to judge or be judged. But Trump is a Christian. If God can forgive and use King David in the Bible, he can do the same with President Trump. When was the last time you proclaimed your faith, Adam? Oh, we forgot. You're now with the devil's army. You won't convince us otherwise with your horrible, rude accusations of President Trump. To embrace a party that believes in abortion and socialism is the ultimate sin, they continued. Kinzinger's family go on to say they could list even more grievances against him, but insist it's not worth their time before proceeding to pile pile in on him for one and a half additional pages. (laughs) That's right. Now, listen, they go on to say you've lost the respects of Lou Dobbs, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Greg Kelly, and most importantly, in our book, Mark Levin and Rush Limbaugh and us. Don't disown your family, my friends. It's just not worth it. Family makes mistakes. I guess sometimes people have falling, uh, will have a falling out and it happens. But over political issues, because the guy doesn't like Donald Trump, I'm not a big fan of all the religious, you know, reasoning they use, but they're entitled to their opinions. And it's just sad to claim that this dude is a part of the devil's army is a bit over the top. In my opinion, he may have made some bad choices. I think he's kind of a sleazy dude. Let's be I'll, I'll just be completely honest. I'm not I try to be overly in, you know, I don't try to insult people, but what I, well, let me clarify. I think the dude's whole shtick is that he's looking at the GOP. He's looking at Mitch McConnell and he's making a bet. He's betting against Donald Trump. That's it. I don't think his opinions are genuine. I really, really don't. Because I think anybody who's being rational about this, who actually looks at the news and the facts, would conclude there's a lot of problems with Donald Trump, man. But come on, supporting Joe Biden or calling for Trump's impeachment when it's a waste of time. It's insane. It is. And I think it's fair to say that the people who support the, the accusations made against Trump in the impeachment, for instance, and calling for his removal, they just hate the guy. They have no real good reason. The Democrats have been advocating for violence all year or longer. Kamala Harris directly solicited funding to bail out rioters. So come on, you want to claim that Trump saying peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol was incitement? All right, I'm listening. 
But can we hold Kamala Harris and basically every other Democrat to a, the, same, the same standard when they called for getting in people's faces? So I think this dude is full of it, to be completely honest. So it's no surprise he's getting roasted. It is a bummer to see his own family disown him, but it is what it is. We now have this story from Insider. Six of the seven GOP senators who voted to convict Trump are facing blowback and formal censures back home. They say nearly all of the seven Republican senators who voted to convict Trump in his second impeachment trial, which concluded February 13th, are now facing significant blowback and potential censure votes in their home states. And I got I got to tell you, I think they're in trouble. Now, not all of them are facing or are, are, are up for reelection anytime soon. I think, you know, Georgia's got another election coming up in a couple of years. Many of these won't be for another six or so. But I think they're going to be in serious trouble, depending on what happens. If Trump really does run in 2024 and wins, <laughs> they're going to be in for it, to say the least. They say the senators who voted to find Trump guilty on a charge of inciting the January 6th insurrection on the Capitol. I love how they're also just saying insurrection is like, it's a fact now that it was an insurrection. Come on. Have you seen the videos? Some people were storming in and they were violent. That's true. But some of the people that were arrested who were accused of being insurrectionists are seen on video saying, stop disrespecting the Capitol and leave. No joke. Maybe these videos would have been important to put out in the impeachment hearing, but the Democrats don't seem to care. They say some of these senators are Senator Richard, uh, the senators who voted to find Trump guilty of incitement are Senator Richard Burr, Senator Bill Cassidy, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Mitt Romney of Utah, Ben Sass of Nebraska, and Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. Burr and Toomey are both retiring their seats when their terms are up in 2022. But their state Republican parties still issued strong statements condemning their votes. Leaders of at least five county level Republican parties have moved to censure Toomey already. KDKA News reported, and the North Carolina Republican Party's Central Committee held an emergency meeting on Monday night where it voted unanimously to censure Burr. Wow. It is truly a sad day for North Carolina Republicans. Burr responded in a statement. My party's leadership has chosen loyalty to one man over the core principles of the Republican Party and the founders of our great nation. Censures are formal votes of disapproval or disavowal of a lawmaker's decisions or actions, but often only carry symbolic consequences and not material punishment. Perhaps the most surprising vote to convict came from Cassidy, who, unlike some of the other sen senators who moved to find Trump guilty, had not been a vocal Trump critic prior to his conviction vote. The Lu Louisiana Republican Party's executive committee censured Cassidy in a unanimous vote on Saturday evening, just hours after the impeachment vote. Quote, our Constitution and our country is more important than any one person. I voted to convict President Trump because he is guilty. Cassidy, who just won re-election for a six-year term in 2020, said in a short statement explaining his vote on Saturday night. It is remarkable, in my opinion, to see the, the disparity, the gap between federal-level politicians and the local representatives in these states. The state-level Republicans are saying unanimously no to these federal-level senators who are in absolute opposition. That's crazy to me. This guy just won re-election. I have no idea what that's going to turn into, but it's interesting. They say in Utah, a, a number of Republicans are circulating a petition to censure Romney, who is up for re-election next in 2024. The Salt Lake Tribune reported the, peti the, pe the petition asserts 
that Romney appears to be an agent for the establishment deep state. Ah, that's that's a that's a great petition. And misrepresented himself as a Republican during his 2018 campaign. No, Mitt Romney's a Republican. And I think a lot of people who entered the Republican Party recently because of Trump don't realize what that means. Mitt Romney is what Mitt Romney's always been. You can call it the establishment deep state. It's just crony corporate politicians. The state Republican Party, however, is not backing any censure effort and issued a statement that did not condemn either Romney or Senator Mike Lee, who voted to acquit Trump. Their statement instead framed the healthy disagreement within their party as a positive thing, saying, quote, the differences between our own Utah Republicans showcase a diversity of thought in contrast to the danger of a party fixated on unanimity of thought. There is power in our differences as, as a political party, and we look forward to each senator explaining their votes to the people of Utah. I can actually respect that. We don't want everyone just blindly marching behind Trump. I got to be honest, though, Mitt Romney, <laughs> I don't respect him at all. And I don't think it's genuine. They go on to say in Maine, the chair of state Republican Party told members in an email to be pre- prepared for an emergency state committee meeting in the near future over Collins conviction vote. The Banger Daily News reported Collins, who has long positioned herself as an independent leaning Republican voice, handily won re-election to a six year term in 2020. She was the only senator in either the 2016 or 2020 cycles to win in a state that voted for a presidential candidate of the opposite party. That's really fascinating. And I think it does say a lot. Now, there's a lot of concerns over what happened with the 2020 election. I won't get into. But to see a state that goes blue against Trump, but Republican for the senator, I think there were a lot of people who came out to vote that just hated Trump. That's it. So when it came to voting for the GOP or not voting at all, there you go. Some did. Quote, uh, uh, I'm sorry, they say, and several Nebraska Republican activists were already pushing to censure Ben Sass, one of the bluntest and most vocal GOP critics of Trump's role in the January 6th riots prior to his vote to convict Trump. Sass, too, is not up for re-election re- until 2026. Quote, you are welcome to censure me, Sass told the Nebraska GOP in a February 5th video statement. But let's be clear about why this is happening. It's because I still believe, as you used to, that politics isn't about the weird worship of one dude. And that is a false framing of what's really going on. The vote to impeach Trump was to align with the insane waste of time brought forth by Democrats who don't know how to govern. They could be fighting right now for at least a $1,400 check for the American people. Instead, the issue is Donald Trump. Trump's gone. It's over. He's not running. Well, at least for now. He may not run. We'll see what happens. But he is certainly not in office. And he seems to be just golfing. And that's what they do. That's what they waste their time on. Ben Sass, in my opinion, doesn't have the spine to stand up and say, I don't care about Trump. Sorry, I'm worried about what the American people need. Voting for or against is a waste of time. I'd personally vote against impeaching Trump or I'm sorry, convicting Trump because he's not in office anymore. Who cares? Can the Senate come together and actually focus on what the American people need? Or are they going to be putting on a clown show for everybody? That's you, Ben Sass. That's what you are doing. And then you're putting out the statement to try and justify why the Democrats wasted our time and you supported them. Murkowski is the only one of the seven senators up for re-election in 2022. She'll be somewhat insulated from a primary challenge from the right, however, due to Alaska adopting nonpartisan top four primaries and ranked choice voting beginning in 2022. <laughs> she might actually lose in that case. 
This was a consequence. This was consequential in many levels, but I cannot allow the significance of my vote to be devalued by whether or not I feel that this is helpful for my political ambitions. Murkowski told Politico's Burgess Everett after her vote on Sunday. You know what? Maybe some of these people have principles. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're all just dumb and maybe it doesn't matter. I just said it. We need COVID relief. Now I'm seeing these tweets. They're actually kind of sad where you got these Democrats being like, I'm starting to think we're not even going to get $1,400. Ding, ding, ding. Welcome to the club. The way I put it is, hey, at least the Republicans said F you to your face before you voted for him. The Democrats said, no, 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 don't worry. We'll get your back. Vote for us. And then as soon as you did, they laughed and said, go F yourself. That's what we got. The Republicans wouldn't give the American, uh, give the American people a stimulus, even though overwhelming bipartisan support. Well, the Democrats won't do it either. And perhaps is why Trump is still the overwhelming favorite. Donald Trump said $2,000, get it to the American people now. The Republicans said no. And the Democrats said yes, until they got the power and then said, ah, about that. We were kidding. So maybe people are mad. Maybe they'll actually vote for Trump. Check this out from the Daily Caller. Former, Vi- former President Donald Trump remains the overwhelming favorite among Republican voters to their party's nominee in 2024, according to a Politico morning consult poll released Monday. 53% of GOP voters said they would vote for Trump if the 2024 primary were held today. The poll showed more than the rest of the field combined. Former Vice President Mike Pence was second with 12%, and Donald Trump Jr. and former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley were tied for third with 6%. Only one other person reached the double digits, and it's almost the bottom of the barrel in terms of what you can get to be considered double digits. The people want Donald Trump. The poll was released two days after Trump was acquitted by the Senate on a charge of inciting the Capitol insurrection. Though only 57 senators voted to convict, seven Republicans voted to do so, making it the most bipartisan conviction vote in American history. And despite Trump's solid GOP support, A majority of the country blamed him for the Capitol riot, with 64% of Americans saying that he was at least partly responsible for the horrors that took place. 52% said the former president was very responsible. Well, now Nancy Pelosi and and the Democrats are saying it's time for a commission to put together a report on what happened. I am sick of these people. Vote them out, please. They're doing it. Well, they're doing it for two reasons. The first reason is they don't know how to govern. They have nothing to give the American people. They're not going to support you while the lockdowns have destroyed your life and you're hungry and need to pay rent. That ain't coming. The second reason is they need to generate as much negative press as possible because they fear Donald Trump will run again. And if he does, they may not win. You see, the Democrats lied a lot in order to win. And sure, okay, that's politics, right? But they told everybody, vote for us. $2,000 checks will come right into your mailbox. And now where are we? There's no $2,000 check coming. They knew they were full of it. What's going to happen? Well, many of these people will be, dis- will be dissatisfied. They'll blame the Democrats for this. And if sentiment continues to get worse, what happens in 2023? Donald Trump announced he'll, he's running. He generates massive support. He points to the years of what Democrats did and says, I told you so. The Democrats can't help it. They're effectively setting themselves on fire because the more they do this and waste time, the more likely they are to lose. You see, in 2018, Trump voters didn't come out in the midterms. 
And so Democrats ended up winning. I think it was 31 seats. Moderate Democrats won. The moderate Democrats told everyone, we're going to fight for kitchen table issues, health care, the economy. You know, we're going to get your jobs back. What did they do as soon as they got in? They impeached Trump and it became a clown show, a waste of everyone's time. They weren't fighting for the people. They weren't focusing on core issues. No, they were just doing whatever Nancy Pelosi wanted, which just wasted everyone's time. Left us woefully unprepared for the pandemic. Because while the pandemic was in its early stages, we were dealing with a month-long impeachment trial for no reason. It was scandal after scandal, investigation, and garbage. Well, what happened in 2020? Well, a lot of people came out against Donald Trump, but the Republicans still managed to defy the odds and mass. The Democrats were, were, were favored to gain some seats in the House, and instead, Republicans took back a ton, stripping Democrats of a, stronger, a strong majority and weakening it. While they still have the majority— there were safe Democrat seats that turned Republican. That was insane. In Miami, for instance, nobody saw that coming. That's what happens when you promise to do the right thing and then don't do it. What happens in 2024? If Donald Trump really does win the primary, become the Republican nominee, he's going to be saying nonstop, you voted against me and look what it got you. The Democrats didn't get you the COVID relief you needed. They left you high and dry. They stripped you of your jobs. They pushed critical race theory. And now many people more are suffering. It did not improve. Will COVID do better? Well, the vaccine was Trump. Trump can say we got the vaccine done. If only you understood. Now's the time. And guess what? It will be convincing. A lot of people will end up voting for Donald Trump. But I do want to make one thing clear. I don't know how many people. I think it was like 1,100 people or so. These polls extrapolate. They claim to be scientific. And while they're saying that Donald Trump is 53% favored to be the nominee, let's just consider that the polls are really wrong. But if they're wrong against Trump, the percentage might actually be substantially higher. I do love how Rick Scott's got a 0% or would not vote. Ted Cruz, 4%. That's impressive. Josh Hawley with only 1%. Christy Noem, only 1%. But honestly, I think the polls skew against Trump. A lot of people don't want to admit it, so they'll say Pence or they'll say Rubio or something. When in reality, a lot of these people probably are going to go vote for Trump. I think that's what's going to happen. But let's talk about what's going on now with the remnants of the Republican coalition against Donald Trump. We have the Lincoln Project. George Conway calls for thorough Lincoln Project probe. The lying has to stop. It was really funny. Trump lost. And the Lincoln Project said, our mission now is to go after the, the Republicans who supported Trump. Uh-huh. The Republican Party is the party of Lincoln. The Lincoln Project, the branding, I guess, was we are true Republicans. True Republicans who are trying to restore the party to its greatness. The funny thing is Rick, uh, Rick Wilson, one of the principal like never Trumper guys, had uh, this old photo of a Confederate flag. So, uh, I don't, I don't know to what degree he's involved in the Lincoln Project or, or was, but come on. These guys were, were absolutely despised by Democrats before the Lincoln Project. They were used by the Democrats during the fight against Trump. And now that that fight is over, they're throwing the Lincoln Project to the gutter. Take a look at this guy. Kurt Bardella, I guess he was one of the principal advisors to the, never, to, to the Lincoln Project, says, just shut it down already. It's over. 
It's a tweet from Amanda Becker who said, some Lincoln Project founders knew about the harassment allegations as early as March. The revelation comes as the political group's domestic and international associates cut ties, including Israeli primate ministerial hopeful Gideon Sa'ar. That's interesting, huh? We got Phil that remains saying, hope you're proud of yourself. Arthur Schwartz, you're not walking away from this without answering some questions, enabler. Donald Trump Jr. says the rats are jumping off the ship. What did former Lincoln Project spokesman advisor Kurt Bardella know? And when did he know it? For those that aren't familiar, the Lincoln Project right now, oof, this one's dirty. I got to be very careful about what I say because this is YouTube and uh, we try to keep things family friendly. But the Lincoln Project for a long time, the highest ranking individuals were uh, or particular individuals harassing people in a uh, uh, horrifying way and minors. It's disgusting. But what's interesting is the, the question arise, uh, arose of when did people know about this and why did they keep their mouths shut? Well, I'll tell you something. They've known for some time and they kept their mouths shut for some time. They did it because they were willing to use any and everything to stop Donald Trump. And that is disgusting. These people are disgusting. And I mean, like, literally disgusting. This, the accusations coming against the Lincoln Project. The fact that these Democrats, that many of these never Trump personalities knew about this and were willing to, to just say nothing because the power was more important. Oh, go go take a scalding shower now that you're still not going to be able to get that grime off. We also have Cuomo. I covered this in an earlier segment. New York Democrats call for investigation into Cuomo over nursing home scandal. That's right. Cuomo, they, they thought he was going to jump into the race. Many people were speculating. I talked about it, that Cuomo might actually run for president because they, they were cheering him on, fighting that COVID pandemic, doing the right thing. And then it turns out he murdered a bunch of people. Now, I'm not exaggerating. Cuomo put a bunch of sick people into nursing homes and killed like 13,000 people because he's disgusting. And they withheld the information. They covered it up. Why? They were scared of Donald Trump. And apparently these Democrats knew the people in Cuomo's office knew and they were worried Trump would launch an investigation because he had been disparaging the governors who killed all these elderly, these nursing home individuals. Think about that. They were willing to hide this so long as they were fighting against Trump. You can't let Trump call them out for being evil, can you? No, Trump's evil. Trump must be stopped. That's what they were willing to entertain because Trump was really that bad. So I ask you, was Trump really that bad that they would protect or hide what the Lincoln Project was doing and they knew to prop up these people to defend and hide what Cuomo had done to ignore what these other governors had done all because they hated Trump that much? The slime will never come off. Sorry, these people are sick, but you can certainly see the bonds between these ridiculous individuals that the whatever never Trump Democrat faction shattering. And that's it. Even the progressives, man, there really was a big coalition against Trump. I'll tell you that even progressives are now like, all right, Biden time. They hate Biden. These far leftists, they've always hated Biden, but they hate Trump more. It's amazing how hatred for one man could drive such a disgusting, disgusting group of people. Giving power to people who should have never had it. Well, now they're at each other's throats and they're tearing each other apart. I wonder what comes next. 
Percentage saying third major political party is needed by party ID. Republicans through the roof from 40% to 63 saying we need a third major political party. Well, I don't know if that's going to matter because a lot of people aren't going to vote Republican. A lot of people aren't going to vote anyway. And that is kind of sad. I'm not going to vote for a Republican. I'll tell you that. But I'll probably vote third party. I will. I'll go out and vote. I'll vote. I hate saying third party as well. I'll just vote for the party that makes the most sense. Maybe it'll be a libertarian candidate. Libertarians seem not to want to address the core issues that are plaguing this country, notably censorship. They don't like regulation. I don't, I don't think we've got strong libertarian leadership. So I don't know what I would vote for. I'm certainly not going to vote for a socialist or a communist. I'm not going to vote for the democratic corporate establishment. I'm not going to vote for the GOP slow turtle man party. Slow down there, Democrats. That's all they ever do. They don't. I, I, that's, that's the joke, I guess. A vote for a Republican is a vote for them to only do what Democrats would do, only slightly, only a little bit, a little slower, slow everybody down. But are you actually going to get someone defending your freedom and your rights? No, of course not. I don't think there is a party for that. I mean, there's probably some smaller parties. I know people will probably be commenting and men- mentioning some of these parties. Like the, I think there's something called like the Alliance Party, which is moderate populist individuals of all stripes from the left to the right coming together and saying the establishment is bad. Maybe it'll be the Patriot Party that emerges and they get some good candidates. You know, Ron DeSantis seems to be doing all right. I, got, I give him respect. He said some things that are that are important. He's done right by the people of Florida when it comes to COVID. He's called out big tech censorship. Maybe he will run. We'll see. But I don't know if I would vote Republican for one simple reason. You see, I supported Democrats uh, in the in the presidential primary, and it was a waste of money because I'm learning now that they basically just the establishment uses their power to keep out any outsiders. But I'm, I'm, I'm still glad I was able to help get some of these, you know, no, notably Tulsi Gabbard on the, on the debate stage. And I'm not saying I got her there. I'm saying I just donated. And so I, I contributed to, to a certain degree because she she dropped that nuke on Kamala Harris. So it was worth it. But what worried me is I was actually I liked the idea of voting for a moderate Democrat, you know, in, 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 the, in the House, maybe get some balance and bring some sanity back to the system. But look at what they did as soon as they got in. It was a lie. Look at what happens when the Democrats get in. We're going to get you these checks. Vote for us in the Senate. We'll get you these checks. Bam. Nope, not going to happen. So what happens if Republicans take power? Are they going to solve these problems? Of course they won't. As soon as they get in, they're going to do dumb things that don't matter to anybody. That's all they ever do. And I mean them, by they, I mean the establishment, the political establishment, be it Democrats or Republicans, just a huge waste of our time. So I don't know what the answer is. Maybe I'll just vote for a small uh, party. That really does have uh, my values in mind or that I agree with. I don't know. I can tell you one thing. People want Trump to run. He may be too old or he may actually run. We'll see how things play out. But in the end, the biggest losers in the impeachment trial were those who opposed the president, former president, sorry, because the people still like Trump more than they like the establishment. And that means when you defend the machine and the establishment, people are going to tell you to go F off. I'll leave it there. Next segment is tonight at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Come hang out. It will be live and I will see you all then. During the height of the pandemic all last year, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, was doing these live press update events. He won an Emmy for this. People were praising him to such a degree there were conversations around whether or not Governor Andrew Cuomo would jump into the presidential race as a last minute entry on the Democratic ticket. Democrats were singing his praises. 
Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis, the evil villain, the, the, the awful man who's ruining Florida. Terrible governor, they said. Yet when you look at Florida's COVID rates, when you look at New York's, something terrifying was happening. New York was basically the epicenter for some time. Well, now Democrats are turning on Andrew Cuomo. In fact, they're calling for an investigation of him. They're slamming him as a liar. And it turns out we learned this just recently. Andrew Cuomo covered up thousands of COVID deaths in nursing homes that he caused. He's a murderer. And I will say that once again for you all to hear. Andrew Cuomo murdered thousands of people. In fact, some Democrats are calling it the nursing home massacre. I'll tell you what happened. A ship, a large medical naval vessel was sent to New York to help with the COVID pandemic. It was ignored. Yet they attack Donald Trump and say it was his fault. The Javits Center, a large convention center in New York, was converted into an emergency field hospital. It was mostly unused. I believe only ever reaching 30% capacity. Governor Cuomo decided the appropriate place to put sick COVID patients, not the medical vessel, not the Javits Center. They believed, Cuomo believed, the appropriate place was nursing homes. Not everybody who was sent there was an elderly person. That's my understanding. Andrew Cuomo sent sick patients literally into the place we needed to protect. Everyone agreed the elderly must be protected. They're the most vulnerable. So why did Cuomo, defying all logic, do this? Why did he say, no, we won't use the actual medical vessel? We won't use the Javits Center. No, stick them in with those who are most likely to die from this. Either the man is extremely mentally unfit and unwell, or it's simple. He killed these people. He chose to do it. I can't, I can't tell you his intent. I'd be willing to make the accusation he wanted them dead because he's a sick, psychotic piece of human trash. I can't think of any sane or logical reason as to why he'd say, I'm not using that medical ship. Now I'm going to put the sick people in the nursing homes. He's not the only one who did it. Several other governors did as well. So what happened? Well, when Cuomo and his staff realized that Donald Trump was going, was, was potentially going to be investigating, that there was a DOJ investigation on the horizon, they decided not to release the numbers and cover up the true amount of deaths in these nursing homes. Well, nothing's going to save Cuomo now. Perhaps it was that many Democrats just didn't say anything at the time because they were worried it would help Donald Trump. That's actually some of the speculation. There were fears among Democrats that if they called out Cuomo for murdering these people in the nursing home massacre, that Donald Trump would use it and could win. A lot of elderly voters would panic and then vote for Trump. So they kept the numbers under wraps. Well, Donald Trump has lost. Joe Biden is president and Cuomo's usefulness has expired. And now he's being targeted even by Democrats, some who are calling for an investigation and some. Well, let's just put it this way. The man deserves prison. I am not exaggerating. He should be in prison. I come from Illinois, Chicago. I think the last three governors previous to this one all went to prison. So how about it? The New York Post reports Democrats slam lying Cuomo over COVID-19 nursing home cover up. Fellow Democratic legislators in New York weren't buying Governor Andrew Cuomo's explanation Monday as to why he refused for months to release a true accounting of nursing home residents who died from COVID. Assemblyman Ron Kim of Queens, whose uncle died from COVID, bluntly said, 
all of it is BS and a cover up. They could have given us the information back in May and June of last year. They chose not to, Kim said, after hearing Cuomo was blaming the Department of Justice probe for delays in releasing the accurate coronavirus death tally of nursing home residents. Cuomo cited an exclusive August 26, 2020 story in the Post that broke the news about the DOJ inquiry into his administration's nursing home administration policy and the undercounting of deaths, claiming Albany legislators should have known about the problem based on the report. Kim said lawmakers could have passed the laws to tighten up accountability and liability in nursing homes to save lives if they had the information sooner. Kim also said Cuomo's comments Monday don't square with what top aide Melissa DeRosa told him and other legislators during a private meeting last week. When she said former President Donald Trump made the issue a political football and claimed that as an excuse for withholding the nursing home data, the Post first reported on her explosive remarks after obtaining an audio recording of the meeting. And basically, we froze, DeRosa said. She talked about the potential that the information would be weaponized against them. DeRosa needs to be accountable for what she said, Kim insisted. She implicated all of us in this cover-up. DeRosa on Friday issued a statement, mirroring what the governor said Monday, that the administration was dealing with federal probers before it could release more detailed nursing home data to state legislatures and the public data. Meanwhile, State Senator Alessandra Biaggi, a Democrat from the Bronx, challenged Cuomo's assertion that his team informed lawmakers that it would delay release of nursing home fatality data because of the federal probe. No, Cuomo, you did not tell the entire Senate or Assembly that there was a DOJ investigation as the reason why you didn't share the nursing home numbers, Biaggi said in a tweet. I found out about a DOJ investigation with the rest of New Yorkers in the New York Post story Thursday night. State Senator Julius Salazar, Democrat from Brooklyn, claimed Cuomo was lying. If the governor had actually informed the legislature months ago that his office was withholding the data they had on total nursing home deaths, there would have been no need for them to have a call with a group of legislators last week to inform them of this the first time. Governor can claim that they've withheld the data because they thought it would be used against them by the DOJ. But claiming they informed the legislature is a lie on top of a lie. If he'd been honest in the first place, he may have had one bad news cycle. But now think about that. He withheld the data on the thousands of people he murdered because political reasons. Talk about the most duplicitous, scumbaggery, vile, evil we have heard in a long time. Andrew Cuomo killed thousands of elderly people. Why? Orange man bad? I guess it's one of the most infuriating stories because just what's what's going to happen? I mean, part of me is 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 relieved to some degree that Democrats are calling him out. Maybe this man can rot in prison for the rest of his life. But I'm willing to bet that corrupt pieces of trash like Cuomo will get away with it. State Senator John Liu of Queens, a Democrat, also said the federal probe wasn't an excuse for months and months of delays in misleading or withholding information the public deserves to know. He said he will back legislation curbing the governor's emergency powers because of Cuomo's fumbling of the nursing home issue. Fumbling. Fumbling. Why were they put there? We've long talked about what we have to do to reopen on the left and the right. And protecting the vulnerable is always the most important thing. And that is the elderly. 
You will not be able to convince me of any sane and logical reason as to why Cuomo said, take these sick people and put them right next to in the same building with the vulnerable, because we know COVID spreads indoors. We know it. So why did he do it? Because he is a psychopathic piece of human garbage. Cuomo's office hid nursing home COVID data out of fear of Trump administration. The admission came in a September conference call with legislatures, legislators. Well, it's about time for the investigation. New York Democrats are calling for a uh, Governor Cuomo to be subpoenaed and investigated over his administration's cover up of its dismal handing, handling of nursing home coronavirus deaths. Last week, reports broke that a top aide, so this we know. Representative Ant- Antonio Delgado, a Democrat represent- representing parts of the Hudson Valley in the House, called Sunday for a probe into Cuomo's handling of the state's data on coronavirus nursing home deaths. I just I just can't take it. Is that it? Is that it? Can we get an investigation into why he had this policy in the first place? Can we get an investigation into all of the other governors? Here's a quote. First, let me read this segment from from ABC. Sources tell ABC News that Albany lawmakers will begin discussing whether to strip Cuomo of some of his emergency powers in the aftermath of the revelation. It's unclear whether the leaders of either the Assembly or the Senate would be on board with such a move. Quote, he starts tweeting that we killed everyone in nursing homes, DeRosa said of Trump on the conference call recording, a transcript of which was provided by DeRosa to ABC News. He starts going after New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. He starts going after California Governor Newsom, starts going after Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. He directs the Department of Justice to do an investigation into us. And basically, we froze because then we were in a position where we weren't sure if what numbers we were going to give to the DOJ or what we give to you guys was going to be used against us. We weren't sure if there was going to be an investigation. It wasn't just Cuomo. It was Phil Murphy. I believe it was Pennsylvania, but no, Newsom, Whitmer. Can you explain to me why they decided to put sick people into nursing homes? You remember the story? A young man with COVID was put into a nursing home in Detroit and then mercilessly beat one of the residents there. Mercilessly. And it was filmed. We live, we, 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 we have truly despicable and psychotic individuals in positions of power. We need law and order. We need absolute uh, uh, justice in this, you know, well, well, let, let me, let me, let me, let me calm that one down and say, we need an investigation. We need clear evidence. We need a trial and we need these governors, namely Cuomo to rot in prison for every single person they killed. They sh- they cannot be allowed to get away with this. Part of me thinks they will. That's 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 the sad reality. They go on to mention in the in the Yahoo News story, many of the same Democrats that I've already referenced calling for investigations. Maybe there will be one. But, uh, you know, as of late, I've been listening to that song. Everybody knows by Leonard Cohen, because everybody knows that the you may have heard me reference it to a bit in a segment yesterday. Everybody knows that the dice is loaded and everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. It's the first line from the song. Everybody knows. We know that these people are corrupt. We know uh, from the news now, from numerous stories, that Cuomo is responsible. And these other governors as well. We also know that the dice are loaded. So we can sit here with our fingers crossed, 
hoping that someone, anyone will step up and remove these murderers, these murderers. I'd love to swear right now, but we keep things family friendly here. I want to see Cuomo. I want to see a perp walk. I want to see him led out of his office in handcuffs. I want to see him face trial. I want to see him look into the eyes of everybody who lost a loved one. There are some high profile personalities. Janice Dean mentioned that her in-laws died in nursing homes. One person threw a banner down over a bridge in New York that said, Cuomo killed my mom. This guy is slime. His brother is slime. His brother faked quarantine, faked being locked down, and CNN facilitated it. And while this is all going on, Cuomo's getting an Emmy nomination. We have some absolutely evil things happening in this country. And there better be a, a DOJ investigation. But like I said, you know, the poor get poor, the rich stay rich. Everybody knows, right? So what's going to happen with Cuomo? Well, let's be a little bit optimistic, I suppose. Democrats are calling him out. He can't hide from this one. This is this needs to be one of the this is one of the most important things we've seen in a long time. And again, not just Cuomo. We need a DOJ investigation into Whitmer, Newsom, Murphy, and Cuomo. Cuomo, you can be the poster boy for this one. He needs to absolutely face justice. Wall Street Journal reports that Cuomo is slipping in the polls as criticism mounts over nursing home deaths. Cuomo is taking heat after officials said coronavirus-related deaths in nursing homes and similar facilities were 50% higher than previously reported. Why did he order sick people into these nursing homes, and why won't the media just say it like it is? He murdered them. He did. Seems like most regular people agree. Most of the working class, most of the proletariat, the plebs, whatever you want to call it, they agree. But I guess as much as the Democrats are calling him out, knowing that this story is going to shock people to their core, they're going to still protect him to some to some degree. Here's the important question. Ron DeSantis Florida took the exact opposite approach to New York in handling COVID positive patients. DeSantis has been hailed for protecting Florida's large elderly population throughout the pandemic. I want you to think about this. Florida is the place where people retire. It's famous for it with a large elderly population. So how is it that New York was worse? Cuomo made the decision to send these people, sick people, into the nursing homes. That was his choice. DeSantis said, let's not do that. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis said Monday that his state did the exact opposite of Cuomo. DeSantis, who had been widely praised for protecting Florida's elderly population, told Tucker Carlson tonight that his administration considered taking care of nursing home residents the tip of the spear in terms of handling the virus. Quote, we in Florida had the exact opposite order. We said you can't send a COVID positive nursing home resident back into the nursing home because that is the most vulnerable population and you obviously would put them at risk. But we also did after the first few weeks. We established COVID-only nursing units. So if you had somebody test positive at a nursing home, they could be safely transferred and isolated so that the other residents were protected. We really view that as the tip of the spear when you're dealing with COVID because it is tending to kill people who are very elderly and very ill. How? It was so obvious. Anyone could have figured it out. Around mid to late March, we were all given models saying, you're not going to have any hospital beds in five days. Every governor got those models. I questioned the assumptions under those models. I didn't think that they were valid. And I said, I'm not going to construct our policy around that. But even if I was wrong, I would build more beds somewhere 
rather than throw these elderly people back into the fire of a nursing home where they could contaminate and infect a lot of people. So it was just an important judgment we were all called upon to make. And I think Florida did it right. And obviously other states took a different path. Other states. He was right. But I, but I, I, I want to stop right there. He mentions they were given this, this, this guidance saying hospitals would be full. Is that the reason why Cuomo, Murphy, and his other governors decided not to use their facilities? Is that why they decided to send these sick people back to nursing homes when they could have been transferred away? Why did Cuomo not use, what was it called, the Mercy, the large naval vessel that was brought, sent, deployed by Donald Trump? I believe there were two, one to LA and one to New York. Why didn't he use it? He had, he had the space. He could have put these people, he could have saved thousands of lives. I suppose from Cuomo's perspective, there was no upside. Donald Trump would be hailed a hero for deploying them. They'd be forced to thank him again. And Donald Trump's approval rating was skyrocketing at this time. He was doing his daily coronavirus press briefings, and he saw his highest aggregate approval rating of his presidency during this time period. If you were to ask me my opinion, I'd say Cuomo did not want Trump to get credit. I would say that all of these deaths in numerous states from the elderly was absolutely perfect for the narrative of these Democrats. I'm not saying they decided to kill these people because they hated Trump. I'm saying that they were concerned if they took Trump's you know, support, it would make Trump look good. So they were willing to risk as many lives as possible because Trump was bad. What do we get? We end up with thousands, 13 or so thousand or more. And they could have just said, thank you, Mr. President. But that's not the country that we live in. So now what's happening? Well, much in the vein of all of this, we're getting uh, an impeachment trial of Trump, even though Trump is no longer the president. That wasted everyone's time. And now Nancy Pelosi says we need a 9-11 style commission looking over what happened on January 6th. Another waste of everyone's time because they don't have anything to offer. The only thing they can do is say Trump is bad. Their only unifying cause right now is Trump is bad. Does Nancy Pelosi agree with the progressives on the Green New Deal? Of course not. Medi- uh, Medicare? No. Medicare for all? No. Universal health care? Absolutely not. She's pro foreign spending and mass spending. And is she going to get everyone a sp- stimulus check? No. She's not aligned in any capacity. Well, for the most part, with the progressives on this one. The only thing she has to offer the people in this country uh, on the Democrat side is we all hate Trump. But that's not going to work. Trump isn't here anymore. He's not in the spotlight. He can't tweet. He's not posting. Yet still, the media is desperately attempting to talk about him. Here I am talking about them talking about him. Eventually, they're going to have to govern. That's going to be a big challenge because they have no unity. And that's it. I think that that, that, that really is the, the, the unifying factor of the traditional left in this country. And I don't mean leftists or progressives. I mean, like, you know, the liberals, the establishment crony types and those who would support them blindly. The only thing that brings them together is hate. Hatred for Donald Trump, a man with no power, a man who has left, and they still, it's the only thing they have. They need something to hate. They, they'd be willing to let thousands of people die to continue that hate. And I think it's funny that the, you go on Reddit and they'll say the same thing about Republicans, but I got to be honest, Republicans are not unified either. Republicans uh, are not unified under anything for the most part. Now, don't get me wrong. Both sides do have some unity in hating the other, but Democrats certainly take the cake. Mainstream establishment Republicans don't do anything. And Trump populists, many of them do just hate the left. They're not the biggest faction. 
in the end, I think you have many regular people who found themselves voting for Donald Trump. Many regular people. And to be honest, probably a lot of regular people somewhere in the middle voted for Joe Biden. And I think most of them are probably just now, you know, throwing up in their mouths a little bit with what's going on. There's, there's, there's no Trump to be mad at anymore. Where do we focus? The, uh, you know, uh, who, do, who, who, do we, who do we point to when something go- has gone wrong? Well, the Republicans have lost power. Trump is out. And the Democrats basically have everything except the Supreme Court. And now it's their responsibility. In these states, it was always their responsibility. And look what they did. It makes you wonder when we can see this and we get this news, what else have they done in their desperate, desperate attempts at stopping Trump because they hate him so much? You know, these people, it's like the capital from the Hunger Games. They are a special privileged elite. They can do whatever they want. They're always going to be rich. The rich get rich. The poor get poor. They're going to go on American Idol after all of this. And I don't mean just the Democrats. I mean, all of them, the establishment elites, it's the Hunger Games, man. It's, it's the capital, the people who gorge themselves and then drink Epicac to barf it all up and then eat more. That's what you get. Well, I hope the investigation pulls forward for the sake of this country. And I hope they that this, these governors face justice. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. This past weekend, an emergency was declared in Texas. As very severe winter weather slams the United States, Texas seems to be getting hit with the worst of it. Right now, around 5 million people are without electricity, which is scary because most people in Texas use electricity to heat their homes, at least the news is reporting. I don't live in Texas, so I'll take their word for it. But a lot of people are wondering, why did the power go out? And this is where everything gets political. The Green New Deal is back in the press, not because of this story. But in the past week, we've heard about Joe Biden warming up to these ideas. We had a major story from 60 Minutes with Bill Gates talking about the global effort to fight climate change. And now we're learning one of the main reasons that power is out in Texas. Wind turbines are frozen solid. Now, wind, as they report, accounts for about 20 percent of Texas's electrical supply. And with the turbines being frozen solid, well, the electrical supply is being strained. The Texas independent electrical grid can't handle the massive demand. And thus, there have now been rolling blackouts. On the right, we're seeing people say, this will come to your neighborhood next. Tucker Carlson running a segment saying, this is essentially what the people fighting climate change will bring to you. Many on the left have countered, saying gas pipelines are being frozen too. It's an absurd argument. The reality is, I don't think it's fair to use Texas as an example of green energy catastrophe, but there is still reason to, look, let me, let me stop. I'm, I'm an environmentalist. I love the idea of renewable energy, but you have to recognize wind only works if there's wind. Solar only works if there's sun. And of course, coal power plants and natural gas only work when they have fuel, but those fuels can be readily available year round. In winter, when it's very cloudy and when it's cold, well, wind and solar may not be all that efficient, which is, well, it presents a very serious risk to places like Texas if they are not properly winterizing their electrical grid. Maybe it's true Texas shouldn't rely so heavily on renewables, but it really does put us between a rock and a hard place. We can't just rely on fossil fuels forever. I'm not saying ban it outright, but we do need alternative forms of energy, which brings me to my biggest complaint with all of it. 
As many on the right are saying, you see the Green New Deal? That's what they're going to do. And they're saying we need fossil fuels. We need the oil industry. And that's a, it's a fair point. I understand. And the left says the, the, the gas lines are frozen, too. It's also a, a great point. Y'all, why don't you build nuclear power plants? These can operate in it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm already seeing the tweets. But then we'll end up like Chernobyl and Fukushima. No, we just build them better. We build new generation nuclear power. It solves everything. Nuclear power is one of these renewables, and it is reliable. And that's the problem with politics. First of all, the Green New Deal is not even about green infrastructure. If it was, they'd be building nuclear power plants. Instead, as Saikat Chakrabarty, AOC's former chief of staff, said, it's about changing the economy. This is what I cannot stand about partisan politics. But let's read the story, because the first thing I want to point out is, look, I, I'm, I'm frustrated with all the stupidity and the absurdity, but I hope everyone is OK. I hope you are safe. For those that are weathering the storm, you seriously need to make sure you're taking care of yourselves. And I always tell everybody, you've got to prepare for the worst. You hope for the best, you prepare for the worst. I don't normally do this, but I do. I give a shout out to Safe and Ready Meals when we're dealing with these kinds of issues. So go to safeandreadymeals.com and you can get emergency food supplies. I know that many of these, you know, leftist tribalist people like to rag on me for, for shouting out these emergency food containers. But look at this. You have these bins, four-week emergency food supply, two-week emergency food supply, and you can get this at safeandreadymeals.com. They, they do a discount when you go to you know this URL. I'm shouting this out because I genuinely believe this is a smart thing to do, and I've long been confused why it is that sometimes it rains. Sometimes you have serious inclement weather, shutting down the roads, shutting down the power. What are you doing to take care of yourself in the event that a flood hits? You know, I, I, I'm it's, it's annoying to me when they talk about this is some kind of prepper thing. People see it as like, oh, you're a prepper. Prepper for what? The rain, a tornado, an earthquake. What? These things happen all the time. We have literally hurricane season. You have a first aid kit. But do you have some some water stored and do you have some food stored? All right. That's why I shout out safe and ready meals. Please take this seriously. I genuinely want people to be safe and secure and prepared, not for the apocalypse, for the for the snowstorm that might come. So it, it, full disclosure, it, this is a sponsor. They, they totally help out the channel. But I only really ever shout them out because I genuinely mean it. I've got a bunch of this stuff myself. I've eaten it. I think it's fantastic. I don't know if it would exactly save you in the event you don't have electricity. Maybe you should also have some backup batteries as well. I have these really cool things I got uh, uh, off the internet. They're these big battery packs. You plug them in and they provide you with like, I think it's like four hours of full electricity. Like you could plug in an air conditioner to it. Well, I don't know how long an air conditioner would work, nor I, I don't think you'd want to use one of those right now, but a hot plate at the very least, and you can cook with it. Let's just don't let people shame you or embarrass you into not taking care of yourself. All right, now let's let's get into the nitty gritty. First, I want to talk about what's going on because I, I want you to, to know the severity of the weather. At least nine dead and five million without power as winter storm Yuri sweeps the nation. Wind turbines freeze, wind chills of minus 20 in Texas and killer tornado hits North Carolina. They say, well, I want to focus particularly on Texas. They say two people have died in Texas from suspected cold exposure, including a 78 year old man who fell in his front lawn. And a 60-year-old homeless man in Houston who refused shelter and was later found dead at an overpass. The youngest of the victims was in Tennessee. So we have this, this, this weather is really hitting everybody hard. President Joe Biden declared an emergency in Texas on Sunday night to pledge federal aid to the state. 
Georgia and Florida, several homes and buildings were damaged, and at least four people were injured following a series of tornadoes that touched down throughout Monday afternoon. Let me say something real quick, okay? Because to all the, I, I see all these lefties talking about severe weather coming because of climate change. I'm right there with you. You know, let's talk about renewables. Let's light up those, let's, let's figuratively light up those nuclear power plants. Make sure they're done properly. Thorium salt reactors I hear are really, really great. I'm not a nuclear physicist. I can't tell you exactly what we should do, but it certainly seems like it makes the most sense, right? You want to tell people, you want to mock them. This is what, this is what I can't say. People mocking the fact that I, I shout out the safe and ready meals are the same people typically who are telling you that severe weather is coming because of climate change. Y'all should be the ones shouting this out and complaining about these politicians who are buying beachfront property and flying in private jets and telling us we are the ones who have to sacrifice. Now, look, the reality is we do have to sacrifice. I'm sick and tired of so many people, particularly in big cities, that are the embodiment of the seven deadly sins. I'm not religious or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, these people are prideful, arrogant, and gluttonous. All right. It's about time we got people to take responsibility for themselves. Roll up your sleeves, chop some lumber, start a fire, keep yourself warm, figure out how you get food and stop just assuming everyone's going to do it for you. I'm not saying anything bad about the people in these storms. These people are being negatively impacted and we will come together to help them. I certainly hope so. But check this out. Over in Texas, frozen wind turbines hamper power output, state's electrical grid operator says. This is where we are getting this major uh, political fight with the left saying, yo, it's, it's, it's not true. The gas pipelines were shut down. The electrical grid itself was frozen. And many on the right saying, if you need a helicopter to spray, what are they, what are they spraying? Propylene glycol onto these wind turbines. That's petroleum based technology and fossil fuel flight to get your wind turbine working. You got a serious problem. Here's the reality. The weather has nothing to do with it. Well, mostly. Texas wasn't prepared for these freezing temperatures because why would it happen? They're not going to invest in the technologies they need to weatherize wind turbines when they're in Texas. But sometimes it happens. So right now, it's not just the the wind power being shuttered. I mean, solar is basically shuttered, but I don't think solar is that big of, you know, a large portion of the Texas electrical grid. Wind is. It's about 20 percent. My understanding is about a fifth, right? Right now, they say that wind is supposed to be producing around 12,000 megawatts of, you know, the, of their capacity, which is a total of 25,000. Although those West Texas turbines don't totally uh, typically spin to their full generation, they are saying that the wind turbines in the south and the Gulf where it's not freezing or not frozen is picking up the slack because the winds are, are generating uh, uh, more power. Here's the issue. Like I mentioned, Texas doesn't plan for winterization with freezing turbines. And so what's the real culprit here is just, well, we had this massive polar vortex or wind or whatever come down. Texas was not prepared. But we need to be real about a fact when it comes to these, what what some are calling unreliable energies, renewable, conservatives calling them unreliable, is that it's not unfair to say wind and solar are unreliable. I wake up in the morning and it's been cloudy every day for the past several weeks. There's barely any sun. Finally, now the sun is breaking through the clouds. And I've been talking about setting up solar and therein lies the problem. What do we do in winter? Well, you have the possibility, you, you, you have the options, you know, out in the middle of nowhere of a gas generator. You get a massive tank of propane or you get a solar generator. 
And as much as solar sounds awesome, the energy return on energy invested typically doesn't make sense. Installing the solar is extremely expensive. Buying the system is expensive. And the amount of energy you get, well, you don't actually break even on the amount of fossil fuels energy going going into it for years. I think solar is fantastic. I think wind is fantastic, but we have to balance it. Isn't it is that simple? The truth is always closer to the middle. We don't want to go 100% wind. That would be insane because then this would happen. And then what? What do you do when there's no wind? What do you do if you go 100% solar and there's no solar? No, we want to diversify. We should have the ability to produce enough electricity in inclement weather with fuels stored. But we should rely as much as possible on greener renewable energies. So when we have the wind, we use the wind. And when we have no wind or, or no sun, and when it's freezing, we kick on those coal power plants and the, and the natural gas power plants, and we work, and it works. The reality here is just nobody expected this. Nobody expected these freezing temperatures. Well, Texas is getting hit pretty hard. We have this from poweroutage.us showing that there's about 4.4 million outages in Texas. All right, so this is serious. I hope everybody is okay. I hope people are finding a way to stay warm. And it looks like, uh, you know, in, in the northern part of Texas, they, they do have a lot of power. But getting further south, it's, it's getting particularly bad. This is what's crazy to me. It's from February 7th. Massachusetts climate official proposes targeting regular people who heat their homes. We have to break your will. All right. Well, I'm sure there's some context here to a certain degree, but there's this push for Americans to accept a lack of comfort. You know, it was only, what is it, a hundred and something years ago when air conditioning was invented, I guess, invented, I guess. People used to just live in the heat and live in the cold. Get a fire going on the fireplace to keep warm in the winter to keep your house heated. And in the summer, well, go down to the swimming hole, I suppose. This is what we're going to end up seeing. A deep green freeze, writes the Wall Street Journal's editorial board. Power shortages show the folly of eliminating natural gas and coal. I think the Wall Street Journal has one of the best takes on this because I've seen a lot of people, bl- you know, blame, you know, Green New Deal. That's that's the problem. And the left saying it's not true. Let me tell you something. First, did you know that there are wind turbines in Antarctica? The Ross Island wind farm, they built a wind farm to generate renewable energy. There's something you need to understand about Ant- Antarctica, too. And the reason why the wind farm works down there and it's not working in Texas I see I've seen some leftists say if they can build wind turbines in Antarctica, then clearly the problem isn't renewable energy. Antarctica is extremely dry. It's a desert, meaning there's not going to be ice forming on the wind turbines to shut them down. That being said, they are built to function in Antarctica. In Texas, they aren't. So they're not winterized properly. And no one really thought this was going to happen. Here's what we see from Tucker Carlson. The great Texas climate catastrophe is heading your way. Green energy means a less reliable power grid. Why do our leaders deny that? He's right. Tucker is right. If we rely, well, actually, let me slow down. If we're talking about, say, I don't know, tidal energy, you ever see those tidal generators? When the tide comes in, it spins turbines. It's pretty cool. So uh, we could do hydroelectric. That seems to be more reliable. But wind and solar can be particularly unreliable. If we, if we incorporate too much of that into our grid, yeah, we'll, we'll be in trouble. But nuclear energy, that's fairly reliable. I think hydroelectric is also fairly reliable. We just need to diversify and not rely too heavily on one source of power. Tucker says, 
The Green New Deal has come, believe it or not, to the state of Texas. How is it working out so far? Well, the good news is that all that alternative energy seems to have had a remarkable effect on the climate. Sunday night, parts of Texas got the temperatures that we typically see in Alaska. In fact, they were the same as they were in Alaska. Wow. So global warming is no longer a pressing concern in Houston. I got to stop there. This is, I, I, I can't stand, uh, you know, when, when AOC heard the uh, tornado sirens going off in DC, this is a big story. There was, because a tornado warning happened. So the sirens go off and then she, she tweeted something like, tornado sirens in DC, oh, it's climate change. And then everybody went, ugh, AOC clearly doesn't understand the difference between weather and climate, okay? I'm not a, a climatologist. I'm not going to, I can't give you the good academic definition, but the simple version is sometimes it rains and the climate is like the overall system itself. So when you hear this from conservatives that global warming is not a concern because now it's really cold in Texas, what, what people in the, what, what, what they're really saying with climate change is that we're going to see a major shift in climate patterns. Now, of course, you have the global warming proponents specifically saying with the temperatures increasing, we're going to see wild weather and, and oceans rising. Sure, fine, whatever. Climate change means there could be a disruption in the flow of water in the North Atlantic current like we saw in that one movie, The Day After Tomorrow. Or it could mean we're going to see more extreme weather events as weather patterns change. And well, we've built our cities to withstand certain temperatures and certain weather, that is fairly consistent. If it's true that this is actually, you know, what's happening in Texas is a part of climate change, you've got a problem. Texas needs to start preparing for wild weather, be it too hot, too cold. Or maybe it's just an anomaly. That's the serious challenge. We have no control Earth. So when you do like an science experiment, you have one that stays the same and one changes. So you can see you have a control group. We don't have that for the planet. So to the best of our abilities, we're trying to make sure we just don't pollute too much. I think that makes sense. You know, whether or not you want to argue about climate change, I do think it'd be silly to assume that within the, you know, in the past hundred or so years with billions of people emerging on this planet, to think that we're not having a serious impact that could tip the scales. I just think that's wrong. I look at a lot of the science. I think we got to make sure we're being better. More importantly, you know, I was, I, I, we had Jack Murphy on the IRL podcast talking about all of this stuff. And I mentioned the Great Reset, right? They basically want people living more sustainably and not owning things because consumerism just produces too much. And I think as much, I, I, a lot of people got mad at me when I said this, but I was like, think about this for a second. The Great Reset from the standpoint of this global authoritarian communist type system, horrifying. The, the woke cult nonsense, really creepy. Bill Gates, also a creepy guy. But I, I got to tell you, man, there, there are city dwelling gluttonous, arrogant morons. I'm not trying to be overly negative, but come on, you know they exist. And there are a lot of people that, uh, I, you know, this is why I've praised Jordan Peterson, because he got a bunch of young men who weren't doing anything with, anything with their lives to find the heaviest thing they can carry and carry it. What does that mean? I'll tell you what. Stop relying on a minimum wage job to pay your electric bill and go out in the, go out in the back, chop some wood, and get a stove in your home. I, I, I know. You can't do that in cities for the most part. Get away from these cities. While the Great Reset at, at itself, being, you know, the, the, what they're basically doing is horrifying. There is an element of it where we get people back to just doing some good old hard work, taking responsibility for themselves. That's a good thing. We don't need to be burning all of this fossil fuel if people were actually su sustaining themselves. If people lived in ways like they had fireplaces, this wouldn't be as big of an issue. This is what's absolutely crazy to me. 
Now, what's happening in Texas is the result of an overdependence on society and the system and a lack of personal responsibility. I'm not blaming any of the people who are without power. I'm just saying we have slowly built this system where people are like, I no longer need to get wood to heat my home. Well, we don't want to chop down all our forests that I get, but we do still need fuel. Maybe get a coal burning stove and you heat your home with fire like we used to. Some people still have fireplaces. I don't think a lot of people in Texas will have a fireplace, but we need to recognize that so long as we are overly reliant on a centralized system, this will happen. Now, here's what Tucker says. The ironically named Electric Reliability Council of Texas, which oversees the grid, had no solution. They simply told people to stop using so much power to keep warm. So in Houston, hundreds of shivering Texans headed to the convention center like refugees to keep from freezing to death. Some Texans almost certainly did freeze to death. Later this week, we'll likely learn just how many people were killed as they tried to keep warm with jury-rigged heaters and barbecues and car exhaust. Yikes. That happens every time when the power goes out. Even advanced societies become primitive and dangerous and people die. We've seen it happen repeatedly in California for years now, rolling blackouts in a purportedly first world state that is slipping steadily into chaos. But who saw this coming in Texas? If there's one thing you would think Texas would be able to do, it's keep the lights on. Most electricity comes from natural gas, and Texas produces more of that than any other place in the continent. There are huge natural gas deposits all over the state. Running out of energy in Texas is like starving to death at the grocery store. You can only do it on purpose, and Texas did. Rather than celebrate and benefit from their state's vast natural resource, politicians took the fashionable route and became recklessly reliant on so-called alternative energy, meaning windmills. 15 years ago, there were virtually no wind farms. Last year, roughly a quarter of all electricity generated in the state comes from wind. Local politicians were pleased by this. They bragged about it like there was something virtuous about destroying the landscape and degrading the power grid. Just last week, Republican Governor uh, Greg Abbott proudly accepted something called the Wind Leadership Award given with gratitude by Tri Global Energy, a company getting rich from green energy. I'm not an expert on it. My understanding is that natural gas is fairly clean. and it, I believe it burns clean. So we can use natural gas. Why, why don't we? Why push against it? Now, look, I'm not going to play a stupid game of advocating for archaic forms of energy. I think we need, uh, what is it, fusion tech? We need nuclear energy. But clearly we have a problem when you are not prepared and you lunge headfirst into a more unreliable energy source. It's not the weather, okay? The problem with, with, with wind and solar is storage. And if there's no wind or, or, or solar energy. Right now, it's getting highlighted because of the cold weather. The problem here isn't wind. All right, Tucker. The problem is Texas is not prepared for this very serious snowstorm, which nobody thought was going to happen and is extremely rare when it does. The bigger challenge we have to ask ourselves is to what degree can we spend money to prepare, prepare for things like this when they are rare? Should Texas have a reserve in the event something like this happens? Have all of these things bought and paid for in the event there's inclement weather? I think the answer is yes. This is why I was shouting out the, the, the food company. It may be expensive. Yeah, well, you need to pay for it. Otherwise, people die. We need to have something we probably never use. I bought some of this emergency food. I put it in a, a cabinet. and It's just basically sitting in storage. That's the point. I don't blame Texas for not being prepared for inclement weather. I'm not going to blame wind energy because it snowed and it was really wet and the turbines froze. I think that's a silly argument. I also think it's unfair when the left doesn't recognize we do not have the capacity to store the energy. We don't have massive batteries to maintain a current when there's no wind and no sun. 
All right. And that's the deep that's the big challenge. I think everyone needs to recognize we need green energy. We need these renewables and we need them in large quantities and we need fossil fuels. Here's the big problem. You hear it from Greta Thunberg. They want to get rid of fossil fuels in the short term. They don't want to wait until 2030. That's what Greta Thunberg said. They don't want to wait until 2022. They want it now. You know what that means? Millions will die. Millions, tens of millions will freeze, will starve. We cannot do it. I don't have the solutions. Sometimes they're hard questions. But I think this, this the Green New Deal is a scam. You know, let me just show you this. AOC, uh, Saikat Chakrabarty says the Green New Deal is not about climate change. It's about changing the economy. He says, we think of it, how, you, how, how do you change the economy thing? He said it wasn't originally a climate thing at all. The Green New Deal is a scam. It's not about a Green New Deal. It's about a new deal. That's fine if you want to call it that. But they attached green to it to manipulate our emotions. Not a fan. We need balance. And honestly, we need new technology. We'll need batteries. We'll need fusion ignition. That would be fantastic. For the time being, relying on a wind turbine to just be indefinitely spinning to create that current, I think, is it's silly. So we need to plan ahead for when a quarter of your energy is shut down by frozen turbines. If Texas is going to send up helicopters to spray antifreeze onto these turbines, I've, I've seen a lot of people say, if you're using fossil fuel, you know, petrochemicals and fossil fuels to actually get your turbines working again, maybe you should just rely on fossil fuels and maybe you got a problem. It's a one-time thing. These storms don't happen all the time. So let's be real. The turbines are great. They work when they work. But we need balance, and we can't have this 100% wind zealotry like some places have done. That's silly. It's silly. But we do need new technology. I hope everybody is staying safe uh, You know, out there. I, I hope you all uh, make it through, and I hope everybody's okay. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash TimCast, a different channel from this one. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.